the official podcast of the Chillicothe Paints. This is Horsin' Around. The latest inside information from the Paints and the Prospect League. Now, here's the voice of Paints Baseball, Jacob Wise. And welcome into Season 2 of Horsin' Around, a Chillicothe Paints Baseball podcast. And it is opening day for the Paints as they take on the Champion City Kings on the road tonight. And that is a rematch of last year's division title game. So the Paints looking to get back at the Kings to get this season off on a good note. I'm looking forward to getting back to baseball. Uh, been a long offseason, been exciting uh, looking at the players that have rolled into Chillicothe for this season. A couple of notable players that won't be here at the start of the season, uh, namely Cruz McFadden, who was a national leader in saves in NAIA over at Mount Vernon Nazarene, native of Chillicothe, went to Paint Valley. Really looking forward to seeing him in a Paints uniform this year. And uh, Brett Carson from Marietta, number one team in Division Three in the nation, still playing in the College World Series. A couple of guys from uh, Baldwin Wallace, another one from Marietta, not able to be with us at the start of the season because they're still playing. So that is certainly good news for them. And sometimes that's what you get when you put together a really good roster like it looks like Brian Menino has done for the Paints again this year. So most of the, the batters are in town, had a couple of practices under their belt, and uh, this team should be able to score quite a few runs. It'll be fun to see how the pitching staff shapes up here this season. A couple of returners as well. If uh, you've watched us on social media over the last m- couple months, We've been uh, talking about some of those players and also some guys from Ohio State and and Tiffin and kind of all over the place. But you get some of the the usual suspects, we'll call them uh, the colleges that the Paints have gotten some players from here this summer and and really looking forward to see how that team gets together and and gels and meshes and comes together as a team. Last couple seasons, a slow start, but really started clicking a few weeks into the season. And of course, you know, back uh, 2019, they won the title. And last year got to the playoffs again for the ninth time in 12 seasons. So looking forward to getting things rolling tonight in Champion City. Talking about the team getting together and trying to gel and and become a good team. Big part of that is the manager of the ball club and a new one for the Paints this year. Though he's not a new face. Last year assistant coach, now the manager, Jackson White. Got a chance to chat with him yesterday about this uh, season that gets started tonight hope you enjoy our chat. Jackson, thanks for, I know, taking a little bit of time out of your very busy run up to the season. I know things are hectic uh, in the first couple of days before. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. So you guys uh, got together yesterday, had a little workout, did the whole, you know, pass out uniforms and the kumbaya meeting before and and do your first round of BP and take some infield and outfield. And uh, heck, everybody's just, you know, meeting each other for the first time. Um, You got to have a little bit of a a little practice this afternoon as well. What are your uh, kind of initial impressions from what you've seen so far? I'm really impressed. I am, especially offensively. And, um, you know, with the amount of experienced innings we have coming in this uh, summer, uh, that's the two biggest things I think right now. Um, Yesterday's BP was, you know, took a little bit to get going, but today was much better. Um, So they're starting to get a feel for what bad, but, 
Um, we got a lot of guys that can play catch at shortstop, third base. Uh, so I think we're going to play defense and swing it. And um, I like what we have on the mound as well. So I'm very impressed. That makes uh, life a little bit harder on you, right? Because you're the one that has to figure out who's going to play which day. And I know the first couple of games, it's uh, a little bit of, you know, just throw the dice out there and, and see what you have sure. and then maybe do something different in day two. But what what is your plan uh, going into the season? Is it just to kind of see a little bit of everything? It is. It is. Really get a feel for the guys. Uh, number one thing is getting a feel for their personalities, um, how they learn, you know, how you can talk to them and, um, identifying what they are um, as a player, things they could do, um, especially from an offensive standpoint. Um, who can run? Who has the instincts to steal bases? And then, um, you know, pitchers who can throw in different situations, who are your starters, who are your backing guys. I mean, we already have a good idea of, you know, what guys can do what coming in. But, you know, you really get a feel for that the first week or two of the season. And, you know, last year was different because we started a week earlier and had so many tech players that were only with us for so long. And now, We've got almost everybody missing a few still. So um, that's awesome to have, you know, because I know last year was a little bit more of a learning curve, but the biggest thing is getting to know them as a person, I think. Yeah. And you talked about kind of having an idea of what some of them might be able to do looking at their numbers from the spring, but do you have to check yourself a little bit because you're not really necessarily comparing, you know, apples to apples, not only, you know, different divisions and different levels of baseball, which we all know there's talent at all of those, but you're not playing the same competition every night. You're not even, you know, necessarily, you know, one league versus another in D1 or D2 or, or what have you. Is it hard to try to figure all that out? Not really. I mean, you can tell who can play and who can't pretty, pretty quick uh, for the most part. You know, there's obviously going to be a few diamonds in the rough that take some time to, to get a feel for. But, man, I mean, good baseball is good baseball no matter what level it is. You know, I tell guys this a lot, and I'm biased, but I'm an NAI guy through and through. I was being transparent, but it takes high level. Um, I don't want to say division one talent, but pretty close to that to win a championship at every single collegiate level. Um, so, you know, good baseball is good baseball, no matter what level you're at. I tell people that all the time. That's the truth. Can't change my mind. I, I completely agree with you. <laughs> After, you know, a handful of years, uh, more than a handful of years in, in the prospect league, watching the, the college summer game, you know, you see guys from every single level dominate and you see guys, Sometimes at the upper levels that, uh, you know, when you put them on the field with uh, the rest of the, the different levels of baseball, you, you can't tell a difference. And sometimes you might pick Absolutely. out you might pick out the uh, the lower level guys as being, you know, if you said, hey, who's the D1 player in this group? You might pick wrong. It just that's the way baseball is one of the beautiful things about it. Let's jump back for you a little bit. You spent the spring um, really spent the year uh, down at LSU Eunice, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Powerhouse JUCO school. Uh, you were, the, you guys were the defending national champions. Almost got back there this year. Uh, what was your yeah. your guys' season like this spring? Oh, well, there's a lot of ups and downs. We started out 19 and three, and then I know the month of uh, March. I guess after the first week of March, we really struggled. Uh, went about 500. I think we were 500 in the month of March, um, and then April we, you know, had a hot streak going in there towards the end. And then obviously the regionals is really, really tough with Pearl River and, and Meridian Community College. So, um, you know, just ran into some teams that were really talented and were hot at the right time. But incredible experience, incredible experience, incredible group of human beings to be around and to learn from with Coach Willis, Coach Orgay, and Coach Baz, and Coach Hodges. Um, I felt so stupid being around those guys every day. <laughs> I really did. I mean, I'm not just, you know, the – the brightest bulb in the box, but uh, some bright guys right there. And I mean, it was just an awesome experience. And um, 
They're going to be good as coming spring as well, what they have coming in and, and the guys coming back. So, I mean, I love it. Cajun music, Cajun food is the best. It's really grown on me. Um, so the food is is incredible, and the people down there are awesome, just like they are here in Chillicothe too. So I enjoyed it. It's a good experience. Maybe pick up a few uh, extra tricks to put in your bag for the summer. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Coach Willis is uh, he's like a magician at at uh, he doesn't coach third base, but I mean he'll he'll run the office from the dugout. But he, uh, I mean, it's just incredible things that they do down there and how they run their program. So love it. But I- yes, absolutely, I learned a lot from him, and hopefully, we'll be able to instill. Um, several things that we did at Eunice's past spring. I know last year uh, you, you seemed to have a pretty good time here as you, your first summer in Chillicothe. You know, what's it like to come back and be the main guy, to be the manager? Definitely more comfortable. Not that I wasn't comfortable last summer, but you know what to expect exactly coming in. Um, it's just crazy to think about how quick this, you know, this winter and the spring went by and now we're here again, you know, it's, it's crazy how fast time goes, but it, it's so much more comfortable this summer and knowing everybody and it puts a smile on my face to see the host families and, and see, you know, all the new players coming in and see you guys, see you, see Brian Wickline, see Menino, see Tyler, see all the guys in the field. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. And already knowing, um, you know, that support staff um, and being able to be around you guys on a day-to-day basis uh, definitely makes it more fun. So we try to have a good time. Well, I think we do have a good time. We don't try. We definitely do. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> what else are we do? What are we doing if we're not having a good time? Right. No doubt about it. So when uh, you get the call, I, I mean, everybody, we all kind of found out at the same time that, that John wasn't going to be able to come back uh, this summer. You know, he's doing his own thing and, and I think going to start try to start a family here soon and getting his teaching license and all that. And, you know, you get yep. the call that says, hey. Do you want to be the manager of the Chillicothe Paints? How long did it take you to to make that decision? Uh, not long, maybe a few seconds. <laughs> However long it took me to say yes. <laughs> um, man, you know, I, I talk to John often, uh, a lot, and I learned so much from him too. And if it wasn't for him and, and Drew Erie, I tell a lot of people that I wouldn't be able to do this and, and be in this position. So I'm thankful for them. But um, I talked to John a lot, and, you know, he told me he wasn't coming back. So, um he asked me, he goes, Hey man, uh, I'll, I'll talk to Menino. I'll talk to Jacob and Wickline about, you know, having you come back, but would you be interested in that? Like, Absolutely. And then, um, you know, Menino called me and we talked and I uh, offered it to me and you know, I couldn't accept it quick enough. So, but yeah, John's, John's done so much for me and thankful for him. I know you haven't had a chance to really put it into practice, uh, but I'm sure that you've thought about it uh, more on more than one occasion. What do you think your kind of managing style is going to be? Uh, we'll find out here in a few weeks. No, <laughs> um, no, I, I I like to be really aggressive on the base pass offensively. I mean, obviously not doing anything stupid, but putting pressure on the defense um, and getting the guys to understand that it's wood bat. You got to understand you have to score runs more than one way. You can't rely on home runs or doubles quite as much um, as you could in the spring. It's just, how it is you know guys haven't swung with bats in a long time and um obviously the ball doesn't fly like it does off a metal bat uh so i think that's the biggest thing trying to find more than one way to score runs and then letting the guys be themselves um i don't want to take at bats away from anybody more than i have to i'm not i'm not going to do that i'm not going to be that guy um but um you know letting the guys do their thing stay out of their way more often than i did last summer especially the pitchers um making sure that they're staying on top of their stuff but at the same time letting them be themselves um, I think that's the number one thing. Um, 
I think that's how you learn the most. And then obviously when something needs to be said, I'll, I'll step in, but, um, but yeah, let them do their thing, be themselves and, uh, play the game, execute, play the game hard. You talk about not taking bats away from guys as much as possible. How do you feel about the Savannah bananas ejecting you if you attempt to bunt? That's crazy, man. What they're doing down there, I think, is good for baseball in a sense. You know, people in that area can come. And, I mean, I know they travel as well, but they can come and watch games. And it's going to be people that normally wouldn't go to an old-fashioned baseball game or, a, I guess, not old-fashioned, but normal baseball game. So it's going to attract a different kind of crowd. So I think it's good for baseball in a sense. Uh, that's crazy, man. I'm like, they hit a foul ball and the fan catches it, you're out. I think it's pretty neat. Yeah. So good. I think my favorite rule is the walk rule, which is now a sprint where if you get ball four, you have to get to second base before all nine players touch the ball and they tag you out. I'd probably not. Really? I'd probably not make it. No, nah, neither would I. There's no way. <laughs> no way, man. I know I wouldn't at least. <laughs> anyway, back on track here. Last year, obviously, you know, not necessarily calling the shots as much as you will be this year, but uh, being around the guys. You talked about it a little bit, but. You know, what What did you learn last year as the assistant coach that you can bring back as the manager this year? Being even killed with John. John, I mean, he would get upset like everybody does, but he didn't show his emotions a whole lot. Um, and that's something I learned a lot from him and obviously other coaches as well. But um, he really brought it into fruition for me uh, when I was able to see that firsthand last summer. Um, so I think being able to stay even keel, being prepared – um that was a big thing he did i mean he would have everything ready just about the night before if not the next morning early on um you know for the following game being on top of your crap um uh, he made it pretty clear to me that that needs to be um a factor not that you know that was ever going to be an issue to begin with but um you know he gave me some advice we talked on the phone and um i mean that's the biggest things i learned from him um and then obviously just the day-to-day things um that we need to be able to do and having the little relationship with the host families and with you guys, obviously. But I mean, that's, that's all given. I mean, they didn't need to tell me that, but I would say just being even keel with him and, and being on top of your stuff. Um, is the two biggest things I learned from John. Are you a binder guy? Uh, more of a clipboard. I would say not, not a binder. Why do you ask? I'm just curious. Some, some coaches like binders, some coaches go iPad, uh, clipboards. Yeah. Man, the iPads I like, they're too pretty, and I'm afraid to get them dirty. You know, we're lucky to play on turf. We don't have to worry about the, the dirt and whatnot. But if it rains, you're outside, especially with it being in the summertime, too, in the heat, you can't really use iPads too well because those things will burn up some juice. Might but, might accidentally find its way up against the brick wall on the back of the dugout at some point. That, too. Yeah, that, too, definitely. <laughs> clipboards are, this year not to break any clipboards. Clipboards are a lot easier to replace, that's for sure. Yeah, Mike, our new assistant has a nice metal one, so I don't think it'll break. Might bend a little bit. There you go. But won't break. <laughs> there you go. That's perfect. Uh, what are you looking forward to the most this summer, uh, on the field, off the field? The relationships with everybody, um, with the community, definitely, and then learning from the players. Um, and I hope they can learn something from me. I really do. I'm sure they will. But um, learning from them, because you learn, I think, a lot of times more from the players. Um and each personality than you do from just watching the games. Um, and you can learn a lot from the games, obviously. Um, but I think that, and obviously the relationships with the community and the fans and those families as well, like I mentioned before, um, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. And then hopefully, you know, making a run there in the playoffs. That'd be awesome. You coach in third base. I'm not Mike and I talked about it. Uh, so funny story, Mike, 
our, our new assistant. Um, I'm going to let him primarily run the offense. He knows what I want to do. We're on the same page. Uh, if I have any input, I'll give it to him. But um, we're both on the same page offensively. We want to find more than one way to score runs. But funny story, he, he coached at Tyler Community College this past spring, played there, played in Miami, Ohio. He's originally from Ohio, so he's got a good background in the area. But he goes third base for Tyler, and not uh, too many people know this, but they're a very, very high-level junior college baseball program. They won several national championships, so they let him coach third. Um, I talked to a few of their other coaches about him, like, hey, what do you think about this guy? Does he know the game? And they're like, absolutely. So um, I'm going to let him do it, um, you know, until we lose a little bit, and then we might switch things up. <laughs> so I'm superstitious, but – uh, now I'm going to let him do it and we'll have a, you know, another player over there at first base, but I think it's easier from talking to other people to manage a game from the dugout. Um, and you know, once again, when I want to put something on offensively, then he knows what to do. So I'm not too concerned, but he's going to coach third. Have you prepared him for being that close to the third base bleachers? Every, every manager and coach that I've talked oh, yeah. to that has coached third base in Chillicothe it's one of those deals where you're unless the unless it works out, then no matter what the decision was, you're going to hear from the fans that are you know ten feet away from you from that third base coach's box. John told me some things that were told to him in the first couple innings at our home opener last summer <laughs> that I'm not going to repeat. But I did tell Michael and Mike Mike chuckled a little bit, but uh, he knows, and I think he's. He's experienced that. Um, but, yeah, even when you're at home, if you're getting beat, then they'll let you know it. You know, it's if you're good. sucking, they're going to tell you. It's good to have fans that care, right? No doubt. They'll humble you, man. I'll tell you what, they'll humble you. You're talking about uh, Michael Morissette, uh, the the yes. assistant coach this year, a new guy here to Chillicothe. Can you tell me a little bit about him? I, I don't know much about him other than I, I chatted sure. with him yesterday. Did, did you find him? Did Brian find him? How did uh, you know he end up here? So, so Wickline knows their athletic director, Tyler Community College, or junior college, I should say, um, went to school with them, but there's connection there. And then uh, Michael played and coached in the Northwoods League um, for Battle Creek the last three years. Uh, it was coached there the last summer. But I'm good friends with a guy that also coached in the league that cannot get Mike to come up and coach with him this summer. He knew I needed an assistant, um, that we needed an assistant here in Chillicothe. So he called me up and said, hey, this guy would be really good. Um, here's what I know about him. I don't know everything. Um, I knew his pitching coach, Mike's pitching coach at Tyler, uh, Mike Rubenthal, pretty well. So I talked to Mike about him and then uh, talked to Menino and, and Wickline. And, you know, once again, Wickline knew um, Tyler's athletic director. And I talked to Michael. They talked to Michael, and we seemed like it would be a really good fit. And, it has been so far, and I know it's going to continue to be that way. So he's very transparent with me. I'm transparent with him, and um, just we communicate. So I think it's going to be a good summer for the both of us. Yeah, not just uh, right. not just new for all the players where they get to show up and, and meet everybody for the first time, but the coaches kind of have to go through that a little bit too, right? Yes, absolutely. And um, like I mentioned earlier, too, he's, he's from Ohio, um, and then he went and played after Tyler in Miami, Ohio. He played two years there. Um, left-handed hitting first base, but it played a little bit of outfield as well. So that's his playing background, but um, pretty good player. So I'm happy to have him. Um, I think the the position players really looked up to him um, big time. So, you know, he hasn't said a whole lot. There's not a whole lot to say the first couple of days uh, from him, at least, you know, just let the guys get their reps in and, and get a feel for what bat. But 
I think it's going to be a good experience for him and for us. You mentioned host families earlier. Do you have the same host family as last year? I do, the Morrisons. Yep, Chris and Rod Morrison. And then there are uh, two kids, Nathan and Whitney. Glad to be back. I love it. Yep, yep, love it. It's awesome. It's secluded. Um, you know, they're they're awesome people, and, and you know, they hook me up with good food, and um, I'm so happy to be back with them. They got a nice above-ground pool, too, so I, I try go. to take advantage of that as much as I can. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Not a whole lot of time, too, but I try to when I can. Yeah, definitely. Maybe... Uh, you know, unwinding after a game if it's not too late, right? No doubt about it. <laughs> yep, you read my mind. The uh, the host family thing is, I think, a pretty cool situation. Uh, I think it, it kind of boils over from minor league baseball, and you know, now it's such a big part of the the college wood bat game that's grown and grown over the last you know fifteen so years. And the thing that I hear from them more often than not is. They wish they had become a host family sooner and the relationships that they build with their players or coaches that they host, that they keep for years and years and years to come. You really do become uh, an extended part of that family. I think we're so lucky in Chillicothe. I don't know that we've ever been in a situation where we didn't have enough host families for all of our players and uh, knock on wood, you know, we've not really had any issues either. You know, the players have enjoyed their host families and the, the families have enjoyed the players. Right. Yeah. Well, and the players know to behave too. They know, they know <laughs> what's expected, but yeah, I mean like talking to, to Carol Wind, um, there's people chomping to the bit to get in and, and become host families. So it's a really good problem to have to turn people down, but that goes to show you how, you know, how much we mean to the community and they mean a lot to us as well. So it's, it's pretty neat. It's definitely special. And I know the Morrisons keep up with their former uh, players that they've, they've hosted. Um, you know, from years down the road. So, and they're not the only ones that do that. They follow them and, um, you know, go to their games and they're playing close by during the spring season. So it's, it's pretty neat to watch and, and see them follow each other. Yeah, absolutely. Back to baseball here. If you are going to build your own team, now I know as a manager, you've, you have to adjust to the roster that you have. Um, and in Chillicothe, our manager doesn't put our roster together. You get some input. Uh, if you have a player that pops up that you want to get, you can, you can certainly do that. But, uh, Brian Menino sure. puts our roster together. He's done it since, we became a college wood bat team in 2009 and he continues to do it. It looks like he's put together a pretty good one here, but you have to adjust to those yes. players. If you were going to build your own team, what is the style? Like what's your favorite style of baseball to play? Is it the power game? Is it, you know, fast? Is it small ball? You know, what's, what's your ideal team that you'd like to coach? Oh man, that's a good question. Uh, I would say guys that can, that can handle the bat. that can, man, I know this is really cliche old style old school manager-esque but guys that can handle the bat play small ball that can run because you know you'll run into a pitcher one out of ten times that you know the offense could be loaded could be hot but if they run into a hot pitcher you shut them down just like that um so you gotta once again like we've mentioned several times now but you gotta be able to score runs more than one way so um I think the, the first thing though would be, I mean, starting pitching. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be the biggest thing is develop a you know a, a good solidified pitching staff, have you know as many starters as you can get, and then a few back end guys, and just go from there. Is there talk with the pitchers about, I guess, pitch economy, uh, for lack of a better term? You know, ninety five pitch limit in the prospect league, and and obviously it's a college league. For for all intents and purposes, they're rented arms, so you really need to take care yeah. of them. Uh, just like all the players, but the 95 pitch limit is partially to help 
keep some wear and tear down on the starters. Does that maybe make it even more important to make sure that you throw a lot of strikes? We're fast throw strikes. Absolutely. Like you and I talked about last summer, man. I mean, that's a, that's a truth. It gets you in a rhythm, keeps the defense in a rhythm in the game. Uh, I can't preach that enough. I mean, we're fast throw strikes. And believe it or not, man, we talked about that yesterday. And guess what? We talked about it again today. So, And we'll probably talk about it again tomorrow. Um, but we're fast throw strikes, compete. Um, and as far as like the pitch limit goes, we talked about that this morning as well. Um, that way everybody's on the same page. But nobody's going to throw 95 pitches in a game. For a while um we're gonna let them kind of recoup give themselves a little bit of time to let that arm catch up um and the rest of the body but you know like the guy we're throwing tomorrow um he'll be up to 60. if he feels good i might let him go a few more but you know he threw 60 innings this spring as well so we want to give him a chance to get called back up but um and he might make it up to 95 by you know the end of june or so but I don't plan on anybody going 95 the first few weeks at least just to save them and then give them a chance to come back maybe a day early. The way the Prospect League is set up for, for playoff purposes, it's a little annoying because last year the Paints were know, eight, nine games better than everybody in the division on the season, but it mm-hmm. took until the last couple of days of the season to make the playoffs there in the second half. But does that help you as a manager also to say, you know, if we don't come out of the gates on fire, it's not the end of the world. You have some time to kind of find your way, adjust to the the different kind of baseball it is in the summer versus what you've had all spring. Um, and, and maybe even you could be a little bit tired getting into the summer as well. Some of these guys have played 50 plus games coming into yeah. the summer. So last year, I know it was it was a bit of a slow start, but I think there was what a 13 game win streak or something in there that turned things like turned things yeah. around quickly uh, and then the Big team time. was yeah re- really started clicking does that help you not panic this year if things don't get off to a hot start oh yeah yeah no doubt about it i mean we we didn't win the first half last year and we won the second half and i was talking to michael about this earlier but i'm not sure if it's a good thing to win the first half i mean it's awesome because you know you're in the playoffs but uh, and you get to host the first round which is important especially here um but I'm not sure if it's a good thing to win the first half because if you look back at teams in the past, uh, they fall asleep a little bit or they'll lose some guys, um, which most teams do. But uh, look at the second half lulls. Okay, we don't have to play quite as hard. Um, I take some at-bats off. But um, it gave us a chance and an opportunity to, to stay motivated, stay hungry, and, and clinch that, like you said, the last week. So it came down to it. We had to, we had to win those last few games. and we won that game at West Virginia to solidify it and Johnstown helped us out a little bit. No offense to those guys over there. Um, but yeah. West, so, West Virginia I mean, I, 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 helped us yeah, out a little bit as well. Big time. Yeah. West Virginia helped us out and the Johnstown getting beat. Um, like you said, so <laughs> that was, that was a uh, interesting last week of the season to say the least. It was fun. Pretty uh, competitive division uh, in uh, the Ohio river Valley, because I think it's, it's a little more unique than, the other divisions in the league, especially out West, because there are so many teams out there. They could play a lot of games outside their divisions. The paints this year play 46 out of 60 against West Virginia, Johnstown champion city. So you guys get to know each other pretty well throughout the course of the season, right? We, we do. And that's why we keep up our charts on them. See if there's any tendencies there or whatnot. So, but yeah, I mean, it was a similar situation last year as well. Played the same teams quite often, which is, 
as you know, a lot of beauty to it. And there's some not things or some things not so great, but um, just depends on which way you look at it. How many games over under is it going to take before you get tossed the first time? Oh Lord, I don't know. I hope it doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, we'll see. It's going to take something special to get me going. Uh, I mean, I am fiery, <laughs> but um, you know, it'll be different obviously once we turn the lights on and, you know, play ball said, so we'll see. I, I'll say over, over 15. Okay. Yeah, 15. I didn't know if you were going to be like a, a Sparky Anderson where you come out and get, you know, hey, throw me out of the game, just fire these guys up a little bit. Hopefully we don't need that. Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully we don't need that. Absolutely not. As we're recording this, opening day is tomorrow on the road at Champion City. You mentioned that you know who's starting on the mound tomorrow. You want to divulge anything? This won't come out until tomorrow. I don't care anyway. They can find out. Uh, Sebastian Escobar from Central Methodist University. Colombian. Native Colombian, yeah. Yes, sir. Yep. They'll be good for us. So, great kid. Um, met his, his associate head coach at Central Methodist through uh, another connection, uh, Coach Ehlers. Um, and he has some good things to say about him. So, Nino was all on board, and uh, he'll be a good one for us. So, I'm excited. He just competes, throws strikes, and he pitched in a really, really tough NAI division. And uh, pitched on a team that uh, was a regional runner-up this this past spring, so um, it'll be good. I'm excited to watch him throw in person. I think he struck out like 94 guys in 77 innings or something like that. His his yeah. K's per nine was like 11.5 or somewhere in there. Yes, I was yeah, looking he's got at today. Good stuff. Should be fun to yeah, watch tomorrow. Got, what's your uh, message? Uh, what's your message to the team before the game tomorrow? Play hard, have fun. Very important. Play hard, have fun. Both of yeah, those things. That's it. Absolutely. That's it. Play hard, have fun. Don't don't take a single play or pitch for granted. Jackson, I appreciate you taking the time. Good luck tomorrow in the opener. I will see you there, and uh, yep. hopefully we'll have a paints win at the end of the night. That'd be awesome. All right. I'm looking forward to seeing you tomorrow, okay? I appreciate it. Again, a huge thank you to Jackson White, Pants Manager, here as we get started in 2022. That does it just about here for our first edition of Horsing Around here this season. A reminder that you can send us a question. If you have any uh, questions about the paints or the organization or the prospect league, shoot me an email, jacob at jillicothypaints.com, and I'll address it on the next episode. Until then, roll paints. <laughs>